Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right, welcome in everybody to another edition of Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster with you on this Monday. We'll react to the weekend. You might call it a reaction Monday. Many do. 869-1240 is that IHOP hotline. How about the new Nashville hot chicken and waffles? Golden brown Belgian waffle topped with four crispy chicken strips tossed in spicy Nashville hot sauce. Max Power producing and manning that IHOP hotline for us. Glad to have Max in this week. Hope Jad enjoys his time off. Happy birthday, Jad. Uh, but that is the number, 869-1240, to get in some reactions. We'll have uh, KU insider Shreyas Lada joining us at the top of the hour uh, to talk about a big KU football win what did he see from uh, late night at the fog from the men's basketball program we'll get into all of that with Shreyas in the second hour uh, get through the entire football weekend including uh, K-State as well with a really disappointing loss on Friday and of course around the NFL including the Chiefs who were in action and oh by the way we've got a men's basketball AAC poll out where did the Shockers sit we'll get into all of that as we make our way through this Monday Tommy how are you? I'm good. It's a busy Monday. I probably watched more football this weekend than I have maybe all season long. Had a chance to just watch all the college games on Saturday. Basically watched football all day yesterday, too. So feeling good about it. Ready to get in here today and react on a Monday. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was a very busy football weekend for sure. It was busy baseball weekend. Yeah. I've got I'm trying I'm trying to like dig out all my old Rangers shirts and it reminds me that like everything that I you know boast for my Rangers is is really old. This shirt right now uh, that really, if you're watching on our video stream, which is available on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, commemorates when Rugnet Odor you know knocked out Jose Batista out there at second. That happened seven years ago, Tommy. That's how long it's been since the Rangers have been in the playoffs. Uh, so they're up 2-0. Your Braves in action tonight. 
uh, a little stumble there in game one. Yep, yep. I, I know the Phillies are hot. I get it. I get the, uh, I know I get uh, being as nervous as you probably are about that game. That's tonight. I got a lot of like fantasy football implications riding on tonight's Monday night football game, Packers Raiders, uh, which is interesting. But let's talk about the Chiefs first here, Tommy. Uh, play an afternoon game against Minnesota. We figured it would be close. It was. Uh, Minnesota made the mistakes that they continue to consistently make, and it allowed the Chiefs to sort of cruise in. I never saw a shootout in this game. Now, it was close, and, you know, you wonder what would have happened if you didn't have the turnovers. But, you know, I I thought a couple of things. I thought the Chiefs were going to try to run the ball. They did try to run the ball. They weren't very effective running the ball. They got enough going through the passing game. Thankfully, Travis Kelsey uh, bounced right back from a low ankle sprain and was able to even you know, be a factor, I think, there late in the second half. So I assume that he'll be fine. We'll get an update today from Andy Reid. But that was, a, that was a good win for the Chiefs. I thought it was a dangerous game. It's back-to-back road weeks. Minnesota's desperate, all of those things, and they were able to go ahead and get the win um, I thought that the defense was pretty impressive, quite frankly. Anytime you slow down Justin Jefferson, like the Chiefs were very clearly, <laughs> excuse me, very clearly willing to give up anything else except for to Justin Jefferson. It was good game plan and it worked. So they executed defensively and it was enough to get a tough road win. I, I was very pleased with the Chiefs yesterday. Yeah, you do what you can to get the victory on the road and you get back home. I mean, that's it's basically as simple as that. Justin Jefferson did go down with a hamstring injury, but before that, I thought the Chiefs secondary did a pretty solid job of limiting him. You know, Jefferson had like 28 yards receiving. They kept him out of the end zone. I thought Trent McDuffie played really well on Jefferson. Legereus Sneed did a good job, too. Uh, you know, because you can't really play Justin Jefferson one-on-one. He's going to burn you every single time. He's that, you know, talented of a receiver. And that was a big fear coming into this game was how are the Chiefs planning on defending Justin Jefferson and then are they going to throw a lot of pressure at Kirk Cousins? And, and they did. I thought Spags did a really good job of timing those blitz when he wanted to send pressure, when he wanted to drop back into coverage. And the one thing I noticed, too, was that, you know, the, the Vikings offensive line, and we know they're not very good, but they did everything possible to limit Chris Jones. They doubled him at every step, every play, basically they doubled him. And then the one time they didn't, he was able to get to Kirk Cousins for a sack, you know, so that just shows like how, you know, dominant the interior is on the line for Kansas city with Chris Jones right there. But I thought the secondary did a really good job in coverage. Of course, you're going to see other guys be able to get theirs. Like Jordan Addison had a pretty, pretty solid game. Alexander Madison out of the backfield, caught some passes. Cam Akers did the same thing. Hawkinson had an okay game, you know, so they, the Vikings have so many different weapons that, you know, even though if you limit Justin Jefferson, there are going to be other players that are going to be able to get theirs. And that's what happened. You know, I thought offensively for Kansas City, of course, the Travis Kelsey injury was frightening when it happened and you didn't know what was going to ultimately happen. Would he be able to come back? He was able to. That was, you know, clearly the most important thing, the most important development in the second half. But I also thought, that Justin Watson had a great game. He had a couple of really big catches for Kansas City that, you know, really kept drives alive for the Chiefs. And, you know, I just, I'm I'm sitting there watching the game yesterday, and it was that one catch that Watson made where he elevated and, and went up and caught that pass. And my first thought was, I don't know why, we give him, and I'm, and when I say we, I mean collectively the fan base, why we give Justin Watson so much grief 
and, you know, talk about like, well, is he really going to be this important receiver? He is what he is. No, he clearly is an important receiver for Patrick Mahomes because he trusts him and Watson can come up and make the big play. So, you know, I thought that was all really good. And, you know, like I mentioned before, when you're on the road, you know, at, at a place like Minnesota, you go in there, you get the victory however you can, you get out of there and you get back home. Well, all of it. You got to consider all of it, right? It was back-to-back road trips. You're yep. facing a desperate team. Um, you're facing a dangerous quarterback. And then within the game, you're facing a situation where you lose your, you know, again, outside of Patrick Mahomes, your most important player, I think, pretty clearly right. now for the Chiefs within the game. Now he was able to come back, of course. But they they were sustaining even without him. And look, they, they got a a big time win like that. I know Minnesota's one and four. I, I'm going to continue to say like, even if Minnesota doesn't get things turned around wins and losses, if Kirk cousins is their quarterback and if Justin Jefferson's there, that's a team that can beat any team in football on any given Sunday, right? Like we're not talking about the, you know, the one and four Panthers here who are not going to have a shot to beat every team in football. The Vikings yeah. absolutely have a shot to beat any team in football if they don't turn it over. You know, what a lot of what ifs, but the talent is there for them to do that. So that's a dangerous game and a danger. Like everything about that was dangerous for Kansas City. And it, you know, it came down to the end. Minnesota took a shot into the end zone to end the game where they wanted to anyway. They didn't get the ball off. But, you know, it was it was a it was a tight game all the way through. And, and I'm going to give this year from what we've seen in the NFL, like outside of San Francisco, nobody is looking dominant right now. Like that is the only team in football that is consistently looking dominant. San Francisco. That's it. You know, Philadelphia is getting it done, but they're not looking dominant. Buffalo just lost to Jacksonville, which was on the table, right? I don't remember which game I picked, but I, I don't remember which way I picked that game. I think I picked Jacksonville, but I can't remember. Um like it was you could see it coming, right? And Buffalo outside of San Francisco, I think at the time, had looked like the other team that was sort of finding a groove. So this does feel like a year where you just take what you can get and hope that you're playing your best football at the end of the year. Outside of San Francisco, who clearly looks like the top team in football right now. I mean, it's not close, quite frankly. Complete, all of those things. But we're saying that on October. If you're the Chiefs, like, who cares about October? Just win those games and let's care about January. So it was great. It was a good win. I I thought the defense, honestly— after what we saw against the Jets, which sort of had everybody like, hang on a minute here, rebounded nicely, and now you feel good about, you know, now you feel better at least about the defense because that's a big-time test for them. If Zach Wilson can throw it around on you, what's Kirk Cousins going to do? And and they did. You know, Minnesota, it wasn't like Minnesota laid an egg. They were pretty effective throwing the ball. The Chiefs just had a clearly defined game plan, and they executed it well. They had big sacks when they needed them. They made a couple opportunistic plays with turnovers, and they limited Justin Jefferson. That's what any team's going to try to do against Minnesota, and the Chiefs got it done. You know, Kirk Cousins almost threw for 300 yards. He was 16 yards away from a 300-yard outing. You know, so um, you know, I thought that I thought Cousins, when he had the appropriate amount of time to get the ball out, I, you know, I thought he looked pretty good, and, and that's really been the way that this Vikings team has operated. Um, not only this season, but last season as well. I'll tell you one thing that concerns me slightly as we move forward and as we're through the first five games of the season for Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes 
is not throwing the ball downfield at a clip like we're used to seeing him do that. No. And I, I don't know I don't know really what it comes down to. I think it might be a combination of a couple of things. I think number one, I don't know if he is I mean, I saw a stat that flashed on the screen uh, yesterday. I'm, I'm pretty sure maybe I saw it on social media that Mahomes is like six of 19 with downfield passes this season. Like the accuracy is not great. I think, you know, obviously he doesn't have a wide receiver to really stretch the field like we're used to seeing, whether it was Tyreek Hill in the past. Honestly, Juju Smith-Schuster to an extent did that a year ago for Kansas City. He doesn't really have anybody to to really consistently do that game in and game out. He threw the ball 41 times yesterday and had 281 yards through the air. So, you know, he's not really getting big chunk plays, and we're used to seeing that offense have those big chunk plays yeah, game in and game out throughout him. the entire they're not I mean the defense yeah defenses yeah are adjusting to that for sure but we're seeing a lot more dump offs short intermediate passes from Patrick Mahomes the deep ball is not really there like we've seen in years past and, and honestly like even the times that and I noticed it a couple different times in the Jets game a week ago I noticed it a couple different times in the Vikings game yesterday there are some balls that are being thrown downfield where Mahomes is kind of underthrowing them. There was one that was a defensive pass interference on the Vikings that you're going to get every single time simply because the ball was like two or three yards underthrown and the, the receiver had to go into the defender to get the ball. Like it's happening more than I think we're used to seeing from Patrick Mahomes. So that the accuracy is not quite there at the level that we've seen it before. And he doesn't really have the weapons that we're used to seeing him have. And the defenses are starting to lock down more on those deep passes. So all those things combined, we're starting to see more of a kind of a short to intermediate type passing game from Kansas City, which really isn't what we've seen before. Well, that's what we saw all year last year. I mean, they it's it goes back to I don't know if we've seen it at this clip though, right? Like, well, MVS is MVS is supposed to be the deep threat. That's what he's here. That's why he's in Kansas City is to be the deep threat. He's just, um, he's just not that good. I mean, he's fine. Like, I'm glad he's there. I'm glad his experience is there. Don't get me wrong, but they haven't been able to do that. But I think there's several. Tampa laid out this blueprint in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, right? Like, we're going to compress everything, and we're not going to let the Chiefs beat us over the top. Then we saw in that following season, for a while, the Chiefs continue to struggle with that, and then they finally said, you know what? We're going to take what the defense gives us, okay? Then then last year, we saw them embrace that fully, and it was like, well, okay, there's your MVP. This year, there's clearly not the same rapport with these wide receivers, and Travis Kelsey's been somewhat limited this season because of injury. But if you go back to the season after the Super Bowl when the Chiefs struggled for a little while before they were willing to fully embrace, like teams are not going to let us go over the top on them, that's what the league has done across the board now last year. And that's why we saw quarterbacks struggle last year, and that and quarterbacks continue to struggle. It's not... Like, it's, it's almost been like this philosophical change that we've seen right across the league where defenses are consistently not allowing quarterbacks to do that, and a lot of quarterbacks are really struggling with that. And so the Chiefs are, you know, they're they're probably eight months ahead of the field in, in that adjustment, so I think they're more comfortable in it. But the, the group this year has not performed to the level that we expected, 
And hopefully, if you're the Chiefs, they haven't performed to the level that they will by the time this season is done. I think that's the big key there. Rasheed Rice looks good and with more time should look better. Ross made a big play. Sky Moore is aggressive, if nothing else, right? Like he's he's confident, it seems like. Can can that develop into something more? I don't know. But, there, you know, that's where like Juju was not as talented as he once was or this group probably, but he's experienced. And and he ha- he did develop a nice connection with Mahomes on, you know, adjusting to plays. But with Kelsey banged up this year, that's that's the player they've been missing. Like, who's going to be the guy that just has is in sync with Mahomes enough to adjust? It was obviously Tyreek Hill for a long time and Kelsey. That's when the offense was at its best. Then it was just Kelsey. And now with Kelsey limited, it's like, okay, who's going to do this? Because they're not going to be able to go over the top. And that's all well and good. And you're right on all of that. But I don't think that you can discount the fact that there have been, honestly, some woefully underthrown passes in the last couple yeah, of weeks. Mahomes is, there have been sure. a few. Mahomes is not quite as sharp as we've seen him Absolutely. in the past. And you know what? Honestly, I don't know because I haven't watched the tape you know, really intently in years past. I don't know if it is more of the passes are being badly underthrown or in years past you still had kind of that, but the receivers were able to go and get the ball. You know, like it might be a combination of both. Like, you know, yeah. like when you had Tyreek Hill, you had honestly Juju, um, even guys like McCole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, those guys had worked a long time with Patrick Mahomes and maybe they knew like, Hey, there are going to be times we're going to have to go and get the ball more than it just is going to be put right in our bread basket it might be a combination of both this season, but I've noticed more like it really started in my mind with the Jets game a week ago and then a couple of passes yesterday yeah. that were badly underthrown that we really haven't seen, at least from my perspective, from Mahomes really at any time in his career. Mahomes is a tick off. There's no question. And he's yeah. allowed to be, too. Like, it's OK that he's a tick off. Right. There's no like reason to worry about it, but. He, he is a human and can be going through a stretch for whatever reason. Like, who knows what that reason might be? I just don't know if the wide receivers in the past were able to compensate for any kind of being a tick-off from yeah. Mahomes. Like, we didn't, I, I really we, maybe have we to, didn't, like, yeah, maybe we didn't notice if know. Mahomes right. was really off at all because the, the receivers made up for it, and now you don't have the receivers to be able to make up for it. Yeah, some of the greatest quarterbacks in football, by the way, are really good at that. Aaron Rodgers, who's a great arm talent, right, underthrows yeah. passes all the time because he knows it gives his guys a chance at either the catch or the flag. Matt right. Stafford might be the king of doing that. Matt Stafford does that all the time. Like some really great throwers do that by design because they know in a certain situation there's a really good chance you'll get a flag. Yeah. Um, you got to have the right receiver for that, right? Like Aaron Rodgers did it so often with Devontae Adams. Like if Devontae Adams could have gotten the yards for the for the pass interference penalties he drew, I mean it would be incredible. But they but they had that play down like it was scientific for them. Like just underthrow it. You know Adams is gonna come back over the top of the defender to try and get it, and there's not much the defender can do. I don't know right. if that's what Mahomes is doing. I know in the Jets game it's not what he was doing. In the Jets game he underthrew the balls. Um, yeah. I mean he he said as much. It was very clear if you read his you know, if you read his lips that he was not particularly happy with those throws I think he might just be a tick off I think that's okay Um, here's the good news for the Chiefs though right now they have been able to run the ball so 
that's the other thing with this offense. If they can run the ball, all of this is going to be okay. They have a defense that's playing high, you know, a high level that would allow the Chiefs to run the ball. And I think that they will. I mean, look, they weren't running it effectively yesterday at all, but they still gave Isaiah Pacheco 16 carries and the running backs, you know, themselves, they gave the running backs 20 carries in a game where they weren't running the ball. That's, I think that's meaningful, right? And at some point, if you can continue to effectively run the ball, the top will come off of a defense. Right. And then it becomes which Chiefs receiver can be that guy. That's what Marquez Valdez-Scantling was in Green Bay, is supposed to be here, hasn't been. So right. do any of these other young receivers, can they become deep ball guys? I don't know the answer to that. I have no idea. I, I think Justin Ross would be the most likely to be able to do that. I think Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice are more, you know, run after the catch guys. So maybe just, I, I don't know. But I'm glad if they that Ross, can run the ball, they'll get deep balls. I'm glad Ross got some snaps yesterday. I'm glad that he, I know Me he too. had a couple of drops, but I was glad that he got out on the field. You know, when you've got your, basically your clear cut number one and number two receivers in MBS and Sky Moore, once again, disappearing. I mean, they, those guys combined for three catches for 23 yards in the game yesterday. You know, you've got to have some other guys, whether it's Rasheed Rice or Justin Ross, Justin Watson, you know, other guys step up in the absence of Sky Moore and MBS. You mentioned the run game. Yeah, it wasn't effective really for the most part. I think in the, you know, to start the game off, it was. Pacheco was right. able to get, you know, break off some good runs, but the Vikings defense kind of clamped down after that. Here's my major issue. I understand he's a former first-round pick, but the Chiefs cannot give any more carries to Clyde Edwards-Elair. Can't do it. He does. Three three good. attempts for four yards. He's not so good. The, he doesn't have he doesn't have the explosiveness that we were used to seeing from him. And I I don't do, I don't know if it's more of a case of like they feel like they have to give him carries because he's a former first-round pick. I don't really that's know not why. But there's nothing there, there, there's nothing that kills a drive quicker than Kansas City giving the ball to Ceh. Can I take you back and see if you agree with me now? I don't think that you did then. My my issue with the backfield depth has been Isaiah Pacheco probably doesn't need to carry the ball more than 16 times a game because of the way he runs. He's going to get hurt. And I was never comfortable with Clyde Edwards-Alaire being that no. they need something else. It seemed they, like a McKinnon game. In my mind, it seemed like, okay, like, yeah, this but is an opportunity for also, McKinnon to get a couple of carries. They're also being careful with McKinnon because McKinnon always gets hurt, and I know that yeah. they want McKinnon for the postseason. That's why I've always said, like, I was never comfortable with the backfield depth. I've always thought they needed somebody else to spell Pacheco because if they're lucky enough that Pacheco stays healthy all year, which, again, I think seems unlikely – you can't give him more than that, you know, 16, 17 carries because he's a violent runner. It's He's going to get hurt. Yeah. The law of averages will play through. So I, I'm still not certainly comfortable with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being no. the other guy. And I don't know, you know, I, I'm sure that in, in the mind of the Chiefs, it's like, okay, he's a change of pace guy. But he's, I mean, the change of pace is like a complete stop is basically what it comes down to. I know. This season in a purely backup role, CEH, has carried the ball 28 times for 93 yards. 28 times for 93 yards. Stop giving him the football. Well, you can't stop giving him the football because somebody's got to take it. And your other two backs are going to be a little injury prone. That's why they 
I think they need somebody else in there. Quite frankly, I'd rather call. What, what was the what was the guy we liked in the preseason? What's his name? Uh, Daneric Prince, and then they've I'd also rather got have Prince. Ryan. They've got both of those yeah. guys on the. Practice I'd rather score. have either of those guys carrying it six or seven times a game to spell Pacheco. But hey, the Chiefs won, and again, like in Minnesota, desperate, all that stuff. Get out of there with the win, and you're good. Like I'm good with the win. I got no issues with the win in the aftermath. We'll see how the offense develops over the season, and we'll certainly have more on the Chiefs as we make our way through today and the week. When we come back, the Chiefs did what they needed to do. The K-State Wildcats did not. It's Jacob Albrock and Tommy Castor on Sports Daily. We'll talk about the Cats next. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex (laughs) heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived Spring Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
The commercials are over. Yo, I haven't got all day. 869-1240. Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster uh, with you. Glad to be with you here on the program today. Uh, Major League Baseball playoffs underway. You've got the NLDS games tonight. If you're looking for more daily baseball coverage on the Odyssey app, check out John Boy Media's Baseball Today, the hottest topics in baseball, Monday through Friday. Tommy, our picks last week. Jad just sent us these during the break. Um, (laughs) Tommy sets a world record. Uh, uh, on picks last week by going 0-10. 0-10! Woo! 5-5 for me, 6-4 for Paul. Uh, but one of those O's for all of us was K-State. K-State... Can I... Hey, can I... Before oh, we get man. into K-State, can I... Ju- I just want to mention about... I mean, I feel the need to respond to my 0-10 uh, outing over the weekend. I've actually yeah. turned it into a positive in my mind. Oh, okay. Because I... And here's why. I feel like I'm doing the listeners a service here because now you know to pick like if I pick something to pick the exact opposite you know to bet the exact opposite of what I'm picking you know the Costanza effect yeah like you were five and five I mean you're you're not helping anybody out because you could be right you could be wrong nobody knows everybody knows I'm going to be wrong so (laughs) fade me accordingly and pick exactly the opposite of what I do when you're betting like I feel like I'm doing everybody a really good games under 500 on the young season I understand that. I yeah. I know. I I'm reading the email too. So it's, it's not, not a bad stra- it's it's not a bad strategy. It's it's uh, the it's the Costanza, right? Do the opposite yeah. of what you think. Do the exact um, opposite of what I'm picking. K-State boy. I think that that is right up there with disappointing losses of the regular season for Chris Kleiman. We were texting back and forth and I was working high school football while I was watching, so it's hard for me to respond directly all the time, but it it was so I was ready to I, and and still am ready to give Oklahoma State credit here. Like I I and I know and I I'm curious this week to talk to our buddy Tim Fitzgerald who was ready to basically put dirt on the corpse of Mike Gundy that he had lost it doesn't yeah. have a prayer, and I'm not ready for that. I still think he's one of the top coaches in this league. And some stuff came out as this game was happening when K-State could just – and by the way, K-State still almost figured out a way, right, to get that to get that win, but they just kept making mistakes. Mike Gundy, number one, Tommy, it was, it was Brett McMurphy, I believe, has won eight of the last nine games when Oklahoma State was an, you know, was an underdog at home. Not covered the spread, outright won – Eight of the last nine times his team was a home underdog. The guy can still coach. Oklahoma State still has talent. K-State was definitely more talented than Oklahoma State. But Gundy wins these games, and and Chris Kleiman has not won in Stillwater. And he said that this game will be decided at the lines of scrimmage. I don't know if that was the case. It was kind of decided on some really uh, untimely turnovers and and. You know, a game we haven't seen out of Will Howard in two years. That was really bad for Will Howard. I know a lot of people are like, oh, we got to bring Avery Johnson in right now. And I'm like, guys, like, Will Howard earned the right to finish that game. Like, Will Howard has been very important to this program. Like, you're not, for a true freshman, and, and I'm as bullish on Avery Johnson as anybody else, 
in that moment of that game, when they still are able to and trying to find a way to win it, which they were very much in the mix of late, you can't just do that to Will Howard. That's a, that's a fine line there. Now, I will say, I wasn't. I, I think it's reasonable for them to not just hand the reins over like in that moment. But I do think you could have mixed Avery in a little bit. I think there's a happy medium there. That would have been seemingly the good spot to get a little more Avery Johnson, right? Like, hey, Will, like, chill, sit down, catch your breath. We're going to let him have this drive, and then we'll get you right back in there. But to, just to just hand over the reins in a moment's notice because Will Howard has a rough game on the road, it's like, I don't know that that's— I mean, Chris Kleiman's not doing anybody a bunch of favors if he's ready to pull the trigger like that. Well, I texted you this during the game, and I'm, I'm going to stand by it and double down on it. It was a crime in my mind for them to not at least see what Avery Johnson could do in that game. I mean, I know that they were they felt like they still had a shot with Will Howard. I know they felt like they were trying to come back. But, man, just the, the difference that— Well, they Avery were coming Johnson, back. They were, but, I mean, the, the different kind of athlete that Avery Johnson is, he gives you a different kind of wrinkle— and what they were doing with Will Howard wasn't really working. And Howard didn't have a good game. At that point, that's a prime opportunity for you to at least like sprinkle in some Avery Johnson to see if what he can do can, you know, provide a spark for this offense. You mentioned Mike Gundy. And look, I, I don't I'm not gonna be disrespectful to Mike Gundy. He's been around for a long time. He's done really, really good things in his career at Oklahoma State. That was not Mike Gundy's coaching that Oklahoma State won the game. That was a letdown by the Wildcats. That was turnovers by Will Howard. That was mistakes that were, that, that it, I mean, like I texted you at one point during the you game. You don't think there's like any a, game planning involved with Will Howard's confusion on some of those No, I think, that, I think that there was, but man, like the, the Wildcats shot themselves in the foot so many different times, like self-inflicted mistakes. There was a fourth and goal situation where the center for Kansas State just snapped the ball right past Will Howard and, you know, ended up turning the ball over. Like, th- there, were, there were all of these self-inflicted issues that the Wildcats had that had nothing at all to do with Mike Gundy coaching that game, had nothing at all to do with the Cowboys and what they were, and what they were able to do in the game. Now, they, they were able to put points up on the board, Oklahoma State was, and there were some things that Gundy did that I thought, I mean, they looked, they looked more competent than they have basically throughout the course of this entire season. Well, they're but, not man, very like, I, talented. That's they're the, not. They're not very talented. So but they, they definitely, looked more talented. They looked more talented. They played above their night. talent level. They for absolutely sure. did for sure. Yeah. And sure, like you can put that on Gundy and say, "Man, Gundy did a good job getting his guys ready to go for this game." But I, when I look at the game and I look at the outcome, to me, it all comes down to Kansas State shooting themselves in the foot. Kansas State did KU a big favor. I'll tell you that because now KU's got to go in there, and it's like this warning signal of yeah. what can happen there. And, you know, KU, they got to go take – again, Gundy has won eight of the last nine times his team has been an underdog at home. One, not covered, one. They'll be a home underdog again Saturday against KU. So, you know, can he do this two times? I don't know. Stillwater's a great environment. Stillwater's awesome. On a Friday night like like that, it's even worse for, for the opposition – but, you know, you get through it, and now they're sitting here. I mean, that's a big win for them. 
KU, their game with them this weekend becomes very interesting. Like I'm intrigued by that. The but the bigger picture is K State, and I had I saw people and it was part of group threads and stuff to say, oh, KU's going to beat K State now. KU's better, and I'm like, ah, like again, I don't want to overreact to what we saw. I want to appropriately react to what we saw. Right now, the appropriate reaction feels like. K-State played a terrible game. Does that all of a sudden make them less talented than KU? I'm not sure that I'm going there. I mean, KU's going to be dealing with a backup quarterback, I think, probably for a while. So, like, are we really going there? And I don't care what KU does this weekend, but I, I'm not ready to get and say, oh, Sunflower Showdown, like, it's KU's now. I'm like, yeah, let's let's well, just see look, what the reaction is. This this is a different kind of loss for Kansas State on Friday than when they lost on the road at Missouri. Absolutely. Completely different. Agree. Completely different, yeah. right? Like, Missouri is a different class of talent. Missouri just took State LSU is. to the limits, right? right? Like, they're um, good. I mean, Friday night's game for the Wildcats – by far the most disappointing game of the season and, and one yep. of the most disappointing games I would say in the Chris Kleiman era at Kansas State. Yep, I so agree. I mean they've got to they've got to shake it off. Now look, they've got to shake it off quickly. The asterisk on that is if Oklahoma State all of a sudden catches fire you're like okay, but the reason it's the to me one of if not the worst regular season losses is because I don't think Oklahoma State's very good. No, like last not. year, you know, when KU was surprised at home with a loss it was to a really good team, right? The, the season proved that out. Now, in Missouri's a really good team. I don't think Oklahoma State's all of a sudden going to be a good no. team. Now, I'll I, look, I'll be willing to be wrong on that, but I don't think that's coming. And, and also, by the way, the Big 12 is relatively open as far as the very top of the conference. Like, you've got oh, yeah. Oklahoma beating Texas in the Red River rivalry. You've got Kansas right there. Kansas State had an opportunity Friday night to really, I think, solidify being in the top tier of the Big 12. Because it can be competitive. It's open right now. And, oh, I mean, they dropped the ball big time. Oklahoma beating Texas is going to make it really hard for anybody besides Oklahoma or Texas yeah. to play in the Big oh, 12 yeah. championship. That, that, that when, we, when you see that happen, it's like, okay, we knew Texas was probably ahead of the league. Now it's very obvious that Oklahoma is too. It's going to be tough for somebody to catch one of those two teams. We'll see. Definitely still on the table. And, look. That's one conference loss for Kansas State, same number that Texas has. That's the thing about this, too. Like, if you're Kansas State, you still have every opportunity to do what you wanted to do this year. You're going to have a chance to go win the Big 12 championship still. So go for it. We've got uh, KU football talk with our KU insider, Shri Islata, coming at the top of the hour. We'll get his take as well on on late night at the Fog, which I heard, you know, Bill Self was not pleased with. On the floor. Not a happy camper, uh, no. So so we'll get to that a little bit, which is it's kind of funny. Uh, we'll also get to some shocker basketball. Wichita State picked eighth in the AAC. Uh, let's go there, Tommy. Um, I That is, to me, when I saw that, it's the best news Paul Mills could have ever gotten. Shockers picked eighth. I like it for a couple of reasons, for Paul Mills. One... And let me just say, I think the Shockers will finish better than eighth. Okay, that's not not even in the stratosphere. I think they'll be top three or four. I just I think it's hard though when it's a new team, and clearly it is for the voters. But what that does for Paul Mills is a couple of things. It gives him an easy thing to stick on the bulletin board first and foremost. Right? Look, nobody's nobody's no respect. Right? Chip on your shoulder. Always the greatest motivator in sports. We all know that. Gives you that. That's the easy uh, check in the right column for Paul Mills. 
But the other thing is, Tommy, for Paul Mills, is it probably sets that expectation from Shocker fans just a little bit lower than maybe reality is, right? Polls are, they are what they are, and they're really difficult now, especially with the transfer portal in college basketball, when so many teams look like we've never seen them look before. So it's really hard to do a poll. If I, I'm not a voter, by the way, in the AAC poll. If they sent me one to vote on, I wouldn't be comfortable doing it because I wouldn't know enough about right. it. just almost all the teams, right? So it is a difficult task. However, like we can all complain about preseason top 25s and all that and how they do establish an early benchmark. And, and so for fans, it probably does allow Shocker fans – to say, okay, well, here's here's maybe where we should start thinking about the expectations this season. I think they're much higher than that in reality, but it does give, you know, sort of a more of a chip shot field goal right out of the gates for Paul Mills to exceed those expectations and build that early buzz. Yeah, I think the only reason why the Shockers were picked where they were is is simply because they only have four returners. That's the only reason why, right? Like, you've only got right. four returners. You've got a bunch of newcomers and a brand-new head coach. I'm a little bit surprised. I thought they might have been a little bit higher in the polls. But the other reason why this year's poll is so difficult to gauge is obviously all the things that you just mentioned, but also you've got newcomers coming into the league. And so it makes it even more difficult, right? Like, you don't have Houston anymore. Um, you know, you don't have Cincinnati anymore. Um, you do have... Florida Atlantic, who made that Cinderella run a year ago, they're now in the American. They were picked, Dusty May's team picked to win the American. You've got another new team in UAB there in the top five, but it makes it really hard to gauge overall because you've got brand new teams now entering the conference, and who knows how those teams are going to be able to perform against, you would think, a little bit higher caliber of opponent in the American. So who knows? I mean, really, you're kind of throwing darts at this point because of all the reasons you mentioned and the fact that you've got brand new teams in the conference. It's, it, look, if the Shockers finish eighth in the AAC this year, it's going to be a big problem, right? Like, that, that's the reality of it. But early in the season, it does, I think, ease some of what, some of what will be expected from fans, from some fans, right? I, I, the Shockers did not hire Paul Mills to come in in year one and finish eighth no. in the AAC. Okay, nope. it, it needs to be at the top end, especially when the conference looks like it will take a step back from what it was. Well, they finished better than eighth last season when they had right. Isaac Brown. Like, you've got to come in and improve on that right away. You have to, and that's what we've said from the beginning. Um, so it is an interesting placement, though, because I think the team has a chance to be more talented, right? And and we'll see. They they certainly look more talented that in, in exhibitions that we don't know a whole lot about, um, you know, what players are going to be able to play, we don't fully know yet. Um, we saw some reporting from Taylor Eldridge that Jalen Ricks wasn't there, which is interesting. Bijan Cortez may have a hard time finding his way on the floor. I don't know how much that's going to impact the Shockers, but they're things that they're dealing with. But the, but the reality is, to me, Kenny Poto has become the most important player because I think his potential is the highest. Now, that's just me. I could be wrong about that. But I do think there is another level for Kenny Poto to reach. Colby Rogers finally gets in there, and then they've got some other talented guys certainly coming in. They should be fine to finish ahead of eighth. That just gives you an expectation. Who was picked last in the Big 12 last year, Tom? 
in the Big 12. Yeah, last K-State. year. Do you remember? K-State, exactly. K-State was picked last. So do, you can throw these in the trash can. Like, they don't, right. they don't matter. Only matters because it can be used as motivation for Mills, which is important. It is yeah. important. Like, we can all pretend like it doesn't matter, but it matters. When somebody doubts you, it motivates you to be better, to prove them wrong. So right now, the Shockers on the court have a really easy thing early on to say, this is what they think of us, let's go prove them wrong. And for fans, you know, it it gives some insight into the unknown of the league. Like, so like you and I, our expectations are higher than most, I think. We've taken some grief for that. Like, I want the Shockers to contend for the league right away. Because that's what, you know, like you've got to be better than Isaac Brown to replace Isaac Brown. There is no... Like, everybody in college basketball is rebuilding now. Nobody, Everybody rebuilding. So, I don't think that's the general consensus. I think it's ours, but it does give them an achievable goal right out of the gate. So, not the worst news in the world for Wichita State. I don't, I mean, it, it, there's nothing bad about it. Like, nothing. I don't care. Like, it gives them a motivator. I like it. I like it when, when they're picked down like that. If they embrace play angry, they'll really like it. When we come back, Shreya Slada joins us here on the program. We'll talk a little KU. What about their basketball team at uh, late night? And big weekend tests this weekend coming up in football. We'll do that next on Sports Daily. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.